How's uh, how you guys doing today? Good, good. My my son was like, "There's a snowstorm coming." Is this is, you know? They're, I guess they're excited about the snowstorm. Is, are you guys just as excited about the snowstorm that's coming? No. That's what I figured. I figured. I figured that you don't want it. Yeah. I figured the kids were more excited than than uh, the adults. <laughs> so, hey, it's uh, it's good to be here. If you have your scriptures, turn to First Corinthians two. First Corinthians chapter two. Um. Before I jump into our text, I, I usually try to give a short little update on kind of what's going on in the home front, what's going on in the ministry front. Um, and uh, for starters, um, my wife is not here, and it's not because she's pregnant, all right? Um, I make that joke all the time because every time we come here, you know, we either she's either pregnant or we just gave birth. So as of right now, there's no sixth child coming. We're not trying to catch up to the Cliffords or whomever, whoever else, or... or your, um, you know, Mata and Ed. So, but they're, you know, they're going to catch up to the to the Clifford soon. So, um, the kids are kids are doing great. Um, it's always funny. Like, I, I feel like kids, they always say these silly things, and so I always like to just share some of the silly things my my kids have said over the last couple months. Um, I think one of them is funny. Philip, this was several months ago. My wife was nursing our, the new our newest edition. Faith is our our youngest, and she was nursing Faith, and Philip's like. I guess he wanted to have milk. So, can I have some milk, Mom? And uh, Mom was like, no, you're not going to like it. And then Philip's like, why? Is it, is it almond milk? You know, so what, I just, milk and almond milk, I guess the kids don't like almond milk, but that was something that I thought was kind of funny when he said it. Um, my youngest, one of my other daughters, Eliana, she's, not, she's in the class, but she, she loves snacks. She loves, you know, cookies. She loves, you know, um, junk food like all of us do, well, most of us do. And any kid loves junk food. And so uh, my wife and I, they have this little thing where they say, like, I love you, I love you, or I love you a billion times, or I love you a million times, or I love you, whatever. And then they start throwing in, like, food. I love you, you know, a billion cheesecakes or something like that, or I love you. And so uh, my wife said, hey, I love you a billion cookies. And Eliana looked at her and she goes, Mom, that's not healthy, you know. And like, what, again, well, like, what kid would make a connection with, with cookies and a billion cookies and that not being healthy? She was right. It's not, it's not healthy. But, um. And then Jeremiah, he's our oldest. Philip is kind of in between uh, number two and number four. Philip's also here, but he's there in class. Um, Jeremiah, he's, he's gotten into football lately. And so he always wants to, you know, watch a game or he wants to go, play, go outside and play catch with the football. And so he's asking me about the different NFL teams. And so I'm, you know, keeping him updated. And then I said, I'm trying to get him to be, you know, I was trying to get him to be like a, like a Redskins fan. And then he looked at me and said, Dad, did you see their record? He's like, there's no... No way that I would be a Redskins fan. That, that joke was for James, but he's not here today. So you could tell him I said that joke, John, all right? And I could throw the Giants in there, too. I mean, they're, they're not doing too, too well either. So, but again, the family's doing well. The kids are growing. Um, you know, I was joking with uh, Mara downstairs that, you know, we're just, we're just surviving. You know, I think that's just the season of life we're in. We're just surviving. The house is a mess. And this, it's, that's just life. And it's okay. It's okay that we're in that season of of little kids, little toddlers, and you know what? The mess is okay. We'll, get, we'll, we'll fix it someday. So we're making memories. Um, Marilette and I are doing well. We're coming off a season where we feel like our apartment has been like an Airbnb. You know, we, we joke like that. We've had family in and out, friends in and out for the last, like, I feel like the last six weeks. Um, and so we're just coming off a, a season where it's just like there's always someone at our house, you know, for several days at a time. And it's fun. We love hosting um, at, the, at our apartment. We love having people over. Um, in terms of the ministry front, 
Um, things are, you know, going well at our, our church. We kind of started something at Evergreen Gospel Chapel. We call it just the center. And so just really want to create a space in the community where kids can come and hang out at the church. We have this huge gym. We have this hangout room where kids can come and hang out. And just for like three hours in the afternoon, kids can just be themselves. They can play basketball, and they'll get a chance to hear the gospel preached to them. And the other day, um, I was in the office just working on a quick email. One of the kids came into the, to the, to the office, and he just kind of sits down right next to me in the chair. His name was Chris. He's a middle school student. I said, like, hey, Chris, how was your day? How did your, how did your day go? He's like, yeah, man, I, I almost got suspended. And so when a kid tells you that, you want to know more, right? So I was like, hey, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. He's like, yeah, well, I was cursing out this security guard at the, at the school. And I'm like, hey, I want to know more. Like, why were you? Don't tell me what you said. I don't want to hear the curse words. But tell me, like, what, what happened? So he began to open up and share a little bit about, you know, the experience. And eventually, as I just gave him space to be himself and to, to listen to him, he was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. That was probably wrong. And later on that afternoon, we got a chance to look at John 14, 6, where we, we looked, we unpacked this, this one verse where Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And, and Chris got a chance to hear the gospel message. And so that's something that we're doing at the church, trying to build out a little sort of center where kids can come, hang out, hear the word of God. And the other thing, Marilette and I, we're, we're going to begin to do a little bit more shifting a little bit from youth and adding marriage and family to our, to our ministry. And... Uh, Crew, we're, we're on staff for Crew, we're, we're missionaries with Crew, and one of the ministries within Crew is called Family Life. Has anybody ever, just by show, has anybody ever heard of Family Life? A few hands, all right? So Family Life, it's part of Crew, but they focus on marriage and families, and so Marilette and I, we are beginning to kind of put more emphasis on that. And I think part of the, part of the, the, the appeal to, that, to that, that segment or to that audience, first of all, we have kids, we're married, and uh, you know, I remember this was about a year ago, where I was, you know, at the park and talking to a kid who, you know, he was, he was looking at me and he was looking at me kind of strange. I'm like, why is this kid looking at me? Like, do I know you? But we gave each other the head nod like we knew each other. And then eventually as I spoke to him, I was like, oh, okay, he was a kid who got connected as a, as a 13-year-old or 14-year-old at our, at our outreach, one of our basketball outreaches. And now he's a young adult. And so as we sat down at the park, he began to open up a little bit about the struggles that he's dealing with. He said, yeah, man. You know, I'm looking for a job, and I can't find a job. You know, life has been tough. Um, I just, you know, just had a baby. And, uh, you know, he's in his early 20s. He's early 20s. And, like, I just had a baby. And the, I'm not even, da- you know, I can't even stand the baby mama. Like, she and I are not on good terms. And he goes, man, I'm just struggling. And so it just kind of hit me, like, man, here's a kid who I, several years ago, he came to one of our outreaches. And now he's a young adult with a kid and struggling. And so what do, we, what do we do? We can't ignore that, those realities, right? We need, to, we need to minister to the whole person. And so I think marriage and family is a very strategic, strategic place. Um, we come, you know, Marilyn and I were just, I was in the car the other day with my brother. He flew in from Seattle, and he and I were just talking like, man, like, we didn't get a chance to experience this. We took the kids out to McDonald's. And I was like, we didn't get a chance to experience this with our dad. Like, I don't know my dad. I never met my dad. My brother was saying, like, yeah, I, I can't stand my dad. He passed away several years ago, but... I didn't have a relationship with him. And so, like, being able to see, like, man, like, God is doing a work even in our own family. And we want to be able to, you know, um, obviously mirror that, mirror that to the world, but come alongside marriages and families to help them thrive and to help families thrive and whatnot. So that's just a little quick update on what's going on, on our, in our world, the ministry front. But uh, let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 1 and read up to verse 5. 
It says, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the saints here at Branford Bible Chapel. We thank you, God, for um, the, uh, the testimony and the example that this church has been for so many years. We thank you for the members here, those uh, that are visiting. We thank you for them visiting today. But God, we pray that you would um, direct our time and, and direct the, the thoughts that are going to come um, off my, my lips, Lord, the words. But more importantly, God, we pray that your power would be manifested, Lord, today. Father God, unless you, you build this house, we labor in vain. God, I don't want to trust in a chariot or a horse. I want to trust in you. Lord, I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I want to lean and, and trust in you. And Father God, I pray that that would be um, our heart's cry this morning. That we would hear from you. God, that you would challenge where we need to be challenged. That you would encourage where we need to be encouraged. Convict where we need to be convicted, Lord. God, um, yeah, just that you would have your way. God, more of you and less of us. You must increase, and God, I must decrease. We must decrease. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I, I jump into the text and kind of look at a few things and make some observations, I, I want to do couple, kind of three things. I want to give context, just quick context. I want to give some direction, and then I want to give perspective, okay? So in terms of context, let's see how good you guys' memories are. Last year I came in December and I preached on a topic. Does anyone remember the chapter or what I preached on or the theme? Let's just see what, let's see how good your guys' memories are. That was yesterday, you said? <laughs> anyone want to take a, take a, take a shot at it? No. <laughs> good, good try. <laughs> now listen, if the elders don't know this, oh man, they, they haven't been listening. I'm joking. Does anybody remember? We looked at Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, right? And we talked a little bit about the topic of evangelism and some of just some of the, the principles. It was very principle-based. Like, what are some of the things we can learn from Philip and his, his interaction with the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Do you guys remember that now? Is that kind of jogging some memories? I, I see some, nod heading, some heads nodding and I see some people like, no, not at all, you know? I, I remembered, I remember, right? <laughs> And so today, in terms of what I want to do, is I, I kind of want to take a, I guess you can say this is a second part, but not really. It's kind of a, a similar you know, line of thinking or a similar message. I want to talk a little bit about evangelism, but more in terms of witnessing and successful witnessing. That's kind of, kind of be our topic. Um, in terms of the direction, we're going to look at ch- uh, chapters, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and make some observations. Um, we're going to look at a definition of like, what is successful witnessing? And I'm going to give a, just sort of a, a launching pad or a starting point for a, of a definition when it comes to, to successful witnessing. And then we're going to look at a, sort of a timeline, like a people's individual timeline, like God, where God might be working in a, in a person's life. So again, I'm going to make some observations, look at a definition, and then look at a timeline. In terms of perspective, and I, 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 want, to, I want to start here 
because I'm sure we'll, we'll forget some of the things I'll, I'll share as I, as, I, as I look at a few of the, the verses. But in terms of perspective, I really want you guys to think about three questions. And if you have your, your notes, if you write out with a pen or, or a pencil, or if you take notes on your, your iPhone, or um, you know, if you're an Android lover, anybody Android in here only? If you're an Android person, I'm an Android. Um, you, know, you can go ahead and take out your, your phones and write these three questions down. The first question is, do I believe? Do I believe? Second question, am I, am I prayerful? Am I prayerful? Third question is, am I willing? So three questions I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring, come back to this at the very end. I'm not going to give you guys much details. But do I believe? Am I prayerful? And am I willing? Do I believe? Am I prayerful? And am I willing? Again, let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 again. I'm going to reread the verses. And as we look at these verses again, I want to begin to make some observations on what can we learn about Paul in regards to sharing the gospel, witnessing to others. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 again. It says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. The first point that I want to make as I, as I, as I think about Paul and as I think about him proclaiming the gospel is that Paul was intentional. Right? Paul was intentional. Let's go ahead and look at verse 1 again. Right? Paul says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, I didn't come to you proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. The, the, King James, the New King James Version, anybody has that version here? If you have a phone, you should. Right now. It says, I did not come with excellence of speech. Can you guys say excellence of speech? Excellence of speech. I'm going to interact with you guys this morning. The New American Standard uh, Bible says, did not come with you su- with superiority of speech. Right? I did not come with you with sp- superiority of speech. Does anybody have another version? Maybe like the NLT. No NLT here? But Paul was... Somebody, I heard somebody say something. All right. But Paul was intentional. He says, listen, I didn't come with you with lofty speech or wisdom. And in some ways, what Paul is doing, he's really pushing up some of the values that that society bought into or what that society deemed was important, right? Corinth, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and how far, Corinth and Athens are pretty close in terms of, of city. And Paul just came from, from Athens speaking there, right? And so in Athens, what, is, what were the Athenians known for? Does anyone know? Seeking wisdom, right? They were known for their philosophers of the day, right? That was, that was rhetoric and, 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 their, and, and oratory and, and just the, the speaking and persuasive speech and, and all these things that honestly, I'm like, dude, that's too abstract for me. Like, there's some people in here that they love to brainstorm and they love to think about ideas and they love to philosophize. Uh, philosophize? Is that a word? I just made it up. All right, but you guys know what I'm saying, right? And there's some people that love that. Dude, I'm a concrete thinker. I went to a college where, the King's College, where... One of my majors was philosophy. I'll be honest with you. I did not like philosophy. I hated philosophy. One semester I took Plato and Aristotle and ethics. And I almost, I wanted to quit the school. Like that's how boring that stuff was. It's, it's too abstract for me. It's too up there. But this is what Athens was known for. 
And Corinth, again, because of the distance, they were also known for their philosophy and their, their, their sort of the, 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 the orators that would come through. And so Paul is saying, listen, like, I didn't come to you like these people. I didn't come to you proclaiming, you know, and using my skill sets and using my ability to persuade you. Like, I didn't come with you with lofty speech or persuasive words, right? I didn't come with you like that. That wasn't my, my posture. That wasn't my approach. He was intentional. He was intentional. Rather, not only was he intentional, Paul, second point, is that he was Christ-centered. Right? Let's read, it verse, let's read it verse 2. He says, listen, for I decided to know nothing among you except who? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Turn over to Acts chapter 18 where we see a little bit of Paul's um, initial interaction with the church of Corinth. We're going to see this idea that Paul was Christ-centered. Can you guys say Christ-centered? Excellent. So Acts chapter 18, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Acts 18 verses 1 through 5. It says, after this Paul left Athens, so there we go, and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked where there were trade makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that Christ was what? Was Jesus. That Christ was Jesus. Go back over to, uh, to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 22. 1 Corinthians 1, 22, it says, For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. There you go, you see? The, the, uh, the value of that society. Greeks seek wisdom. But we what? We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. So here you go. You see Paul, this theme. He's carrying this theme through the, through the book of Corinthians. He was Christ-centered in his interaction with the, 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 the church of Corinth. The other day I was at um, the church in Evergreen Gospel Chapel and uh, I got a phone call. And I, I just normally answer the phone and if, I, if it's a quick pause, I just hang up real quick because I know it's like a, you know, it's a telemarketer or something like that. But this person like, hey, this is Pastor, da 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 And I'm like, oh man, like, what does this guy want? Is he trying to sell me on something? Because that's happened before. He's like, hey, this is, this is Pastor Angel from Buffalo. And I'm like, okay, what's up? He's like, hey, is Henry Sanchez there? And I'm like, for those that don't know Henry Sanchez, he's one of the elders at Evergreen Gospel Chapel. And he's like, yeah, this is, you know, I, I used to go to, to Evergreen back in the day. And, you know, he didn't talk like that. I'm just pretending that he talks like that. <laughs> he's like, hey, I used to go back to Evergreen. And I went to Awana Clubs. And I, you know, I went to, uh, to Pine Bush Bible Camp. And he goes, and now I'm pastoring up in Buffalo. I've been doing it for X number of years. And he goes, yeah, my kids are now in ministry as well. And he goes, I just wanted to let Henry Sanchez know that. I just wanted to let him know that. And Henry Sanchez, again, for those that don't know him, he's, he's up in his 70s. And he's been doing ministry in Brooklyn for years. And one thing about Henry Sanchez, if, for those who heard, him, who heard him preach, Henry always comes back to the gospel. Like, Henry is not, and he would, he would say this to himself, like, he is not, he, will, he won't break down a scripture for you. Like, that's not his, he's an evangelist. Like, you can give him Joel, and he'll talk about the gospel. You can give him Habakkuk, he'll talk about the, anything, okay? And he'll talk about the gospel. Henry is Christ-centered in his, his preaching. And so I think, and you see the success of that. 
You see the, the legacy of that, that you would get a guy to call so many years later and say, hey, what happened at that church? What happened at Awana? What happened at Pine Bush Bible Camp? Changed my life. Right? The gospel changed his life. And Paul, we see here, Paul was Christ-centered. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. First thing, he was what? Let's, let's get you guys. He was what? Intentional. Can you guys say intentional? The second thing, he was what? Christ-centered. The last thing, that he was spirit-dependent. Let's look at verse 3. It says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I was uh, reading one of the commentaries. I think it was MacArthur's commentary. He said that if you look at verse 3, Paul, he uses the word weakness, he uses the word fear, he uses the word much trembling. And Paul, he comes to Corinth after being beaten and imprisoned in Philippi. He's run out of Thessalonica and Berea, and he's mocked at Athens. Like, Paul had some, he had some wins, but he had some losses, right? He had some losses. And so he comes to the Corinthian church, being beaten, being in prison, being run out of a certain town and villages, right? Being mocked at. And this is where he comes to Corinth. Verse 4, he says, listen, my speech and my message, they were not implausible words of wisdom. But there's a contrast going on. And Paul, you see these contrasts all throughout his writing. There's a contrast going on. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Let's unpack this just a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Go ahead and turn there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because Paul, he was known for his, uh, his great writing abilities. But his speech was, uh, you know, people, would, people took shots at his speech. People said he spoke too fast. Well, they say I speak too fast. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, said he spoke. His, you know, let's look at a, let's look at Second Corinthians chapter ten. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse ten says, "For they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak, and his speech of no account." So you think about this is how, what others describe Paul. That man, his letters are strong, but his speech. Eh. But Paul's like that. I mean, I, I look at this and Paul's like, yeah, maybe he agreed with that. Maybe my speech wasn't strong. But guess what? It wasn't with my lofty speech or, or, or me of excellence of speech or me being able to, 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 to persuasively argue. Man, it was in demonstration of the spirit and the power, right? Demonstration of the spirit and the power. And the purpose of this, right, if you look at verse 5, we'll wrap up with verse 5. It says, so that your faith might what? Not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. You know, one of the, the dangers that I, 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 I can fall victim to, so I'm going to speak to myself here, okay? But I also see it in the, in the church and what's happening in even evangelicalism, is that sometimes we, we, we can build platforms all over a person, right, and their ability to speak. And okay, I'm not saying we, we need to connect with the crowd, right? We need to be able to use illustrations. We need to be able to, I mean, I shouldn't put people to sleep like my brother right over there. I'm just joking. All right? I, should, I, I get that. But, but where, is the, where is the power of God? But where is the power of God? Right? One of the, one of the brothers, E.M. Bounds, he's, a, he's an old scholar or old person. I don't know. He's an older person, excuse me. Um, but very wise. Very wise. And he said, 
We have pulpits that are powerless in preaching. Why? Because they're prayerless ministers. He goes, we've, we've made, a, we've made a, a, an idol of, of teaching God's word, but we've neglected the most important thing, which is prayer. We've neglected prayer. Right? And I think that's where, I think Paul, man, he, he, he had some connection with the Lord where it wasn't just about what he could say. It wasn't just about what he can do. It wasn't just about an illustration. But it was something powerful in what he, and how he delivered and how he interacted with the church. And it was not because of his wisdom. It wasn't because of his lofty words or his speech. But it was in the demonstration of God's power. Demonstrations of God's power. You know, and as I read 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, my prayer, man, as I think about witnessing, as I think about sharing the gospel with other people, is that, Lord, I, w- I want to be intentional. I want to be intentional. Lord, I want to I be Christ-centered in my interactions. And, Lord, I, and this, is, this is the toughest part, but, Lord, I want to be spirit-dependent. I want to be spirit-dependent. Because, man, I, I, could, I can try to control the situation. I can try to use this clever thing or this clever illustration or I think this may work. But God, I want, I want to be spirit-led. I want to be spirit-filled. I want to be spirit-dependent as I interact with people outside of this, these four walls. Paul was, again, he was intentional, he was Christ-centered, and he was spirit-dependent. And I think there are things that we can cling to and keep in the back of our minds as we think about witnessing, as we think about interacting with those outside these four walls. All right, I want to transition to a definition on, on witnessing or successful witnessing. And um, I'm not saying this is the gospel when I give this definition, so hear me out. I'm just using this as a, as a starting point. Your elders can, uh, you know, they can critique it and make it better. By all means, go right ahead, all right? But I want us to have like a starting point for what successful witnessing could look like, okay? So here's the definition. For those that want to take notes, I'm going to say it a couple times. Successful witnessing is simply taking the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. I'll say it again. Successful witnessing is simply taking the what? Initiative to share Christ in the power of what? The Holy Spirit, God, and leaving the results to who? To God. I'll say it one more time. Success in witnessing is simply taking the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Let's unpack that a little bit. Initiative. That's the first thing I want to unpack. We take the initiative. Now, Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus takes the initiative. He took the initiative. We take initiative to uncover spiritual interests. We take the initiative to uncover. We don't, we don't know what God is doing in a person's life. We don't know what, how God is moving in an individual's life. But do we believe that God is at work? Do we believe that God is at work? And if we believe that God is at work, then we take the initiative. We take the initiative. Second thing, Jesus. We talk about Jesus, right? We see this in Paul's life. We see this in Paul's life. And one of the things I like to do when I interact with people, 
especially high school students, will, you know, if sometimes I've been, I'll, I'll go out sharing with one of my buddies or one of my mentors. I remember oftentimes we'll go up to high school students and I, you know, I'm, I'm young, he's, he's older, um, and he's bald-headed, he's white, and so it's like, why are these two polar opposite people together? Like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense for us to go up to people and talk about, about God. It's just, we're just so, it's just, it just seems, seems odd, right? And so we'll go up to kids and we're like, hey, um, can we talk to you guys for a second? And we'll just start talking. And we'll, we always ask this question, what do you think we are? First thing out of the mouth is detectives. You guys are detectives, right? That's the only way, that's the only way you got to be together. You're detectives, right? Like, no, we're not detectives. We're like, we're actually, you know, we'll say youth minister. We'll say sometimes, you know, the word pastor connects with kids. So we'll say we're like a youth pastor or something like that. It's like, oh, okay. And so right away, we're, we're already building a, found, a conversation around the fact that, you know what? We, we're Christians. We're, we're people that believe in God, right? We believe in Jesus. And so as we interact with them, obviously it's going to be natural to talk about those conversations, anything related to Christ or anything related to God. And so we want to we want to build that sort of uh, we just want to we want to start there. Okay, so we talk about Jesus. Um, the third thing is that we only we not only we take the initiative, not only we talk about Jesus, but the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we take the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, listen, man, I've been in full full time ministry since what twenty one twenty two. And if I, if I can confess to you guys, it's very easy to, to, to kind of make it about your own might. It's, it's very easy to trust in your own understanding. I mean, that's why Proverbs says, do not lean on your own understanding. It's very easy to lean on what you think has worked before. It's very easy to be like, man, this, this strategic plan, I'm going to trust in this strategic plan. Right? It's very easy to do that. Right? And it's very easy, again, to, ne- to, ne- to neglect and to negate and to realize, man, like, I need to be... I need to be tapped into the Spirit. I need to do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not in my might. Not in my strength. But in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's Galatians. I didn't write it down in my notes. But I believe Galatians says, Do not get drunk on wine, which what? Leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And I love one of my buddies. He's out in Indiana. He said, uh, um, he gave this illustration, right? I hope it's, I hope it's legit. Um, John, you could, you could, you know, give me some feedback later. <laughs> but he said, um, when people get drunk, what, ha- what usually happens when someone gets drunk? They lose control. Okay, what else? They fall. They can fall. Right? They say, they, they can't talk right. They say, stu- they say silly things, stupid things, right? They get mean. They're, man, there, there are things when you get drunk, right, that you do things that you normally wouldn't do if you were sober. Is that, is that correct? Right? Like my mom, I grew up with an alcoholic mom. Thank God she's, she's, she's been sober for, for several, several months, maybe even, maybe even several years. But man, growing up, I mean, I, I saw my mom do some crazy stuff when she got drunk. She got loud. She got reckless. She got in your face. Like she, she did some crazy stuff, right? But she would normally do things that you wouldn't do when you're drunk versus when you're sober, right? And my buddy, as he shared this illustration, he says, listen, when you are filled with the Spirit, we're all, if you're a Christian, you're sealed with the Spirit. Right? God lives with you. The Spirit lives with you. But there's a difference between sealed with the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. Okay? Part of being filled with the Spirit is it's, it's yielding every day and saying, God, you know, not my will, but your will right now. It's, it's a moment-by-moment thing. It's when your kids are, you know, 
annoying you, right? And you're about to lose patience. You go, I got to go to the bathroom. You close the door like, what you doing in the bathroom? I'm praying that I'll be filled with the Spirit so that I'll come off impatient and knock you out. No, I'm joking, <laughs> right? Like, you got to pray in those moments. You got to ask God, God, give me the patience. Lord, I want to be, be Spirit-filled right now. Right? I want to, the fruit of the Spirit produces what? Patience, love, joy, right? I want to I produce those kind of things as I interact with my kids, as I interact with the world, right? So back to the illustration. He says, when you're, you're drunk, you normally do things you wouldn't normally do if you were sober. Well, the same thing when you're filled with the Spirit. God, when you're filled with, God gives you the boldness to do things that you probably normally wouldn't do. Right? You normally wouldn't do. I remember a couple years ago where there was this, this uh, pizza shop right by one of the high schools that I would do ministry at. And uh, uh, there's these kids, these kids that would hang, hang out here are kids, you know, they probably cut in school. Most of them cut school. Um, they were the kids that, you know what, you look at them and maybe you, you quickly make judgments. I know I did. All right? You quickly made judgments based on how they looked or just what they, were, what they were into. And they were the kids that honestly, like, you were afraid to talk to. Right? And they would always hang out at this pizza shop. And the God just put it on my heart, like, listen, you need, to, you need to reach out to those kids. You can easily go into the schools. You can easily have your Bible studies. You can easily lead kids to Christ in the school. But what about these kids? They need to be reached too with the gospel. But Lord, I'm afraid. So what? They need to, they need to be reached with the gospel. And I remember going into these pizza shops, like, hey, guys, let me get your attention for like five minutes. Guys, let me get your attention for like five minutes. And eventually, they began to give me their attention. And I began to share just briefly the gospel with these kids. In a pizza shop, I'm trembling, I'm sweating. You know, I'm like, what am I doing? But even before that, God, give me, give me the, fill me with your spirit as I interact with these kids. And I wouldn't normally do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it. I'm scared. <laughs> but as you're filled with the spirit, God, he, he gives you the power to do stuff like that. All right? And uh, so again, the, taking the initiative, we talk about Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the last thing is we leave the results to God. We leave the results to God. Man, we, and we live in a society, right? Like you could just, right on, the, on your phone where you could just, boom, I want something from Amazon Prime and boom, it'll be in your door within a couple hours. Right? We are so, it's, we, we, can, we can control everything in America, it feels like. Right? And sometimes when it comes to witnessing, we want to control the outcome. But it's, it's not about whether that person comes to know Jesus because of what we say. We, we take the initiative. We leave the results in God's hands. God is at work. It doesn't mean we don't prepare. It doesn't mean that we don't understand the gospel much as clearly or verses that we can point people to or even questions that we may encounter. So I'm not saying we don't prepare. But at the end, we have to leave the results in God's hands. We leave the results in God's hands. I need a couple, uh, couple volunteers. I need uh, one, two, three. I need five volunteers. Five. Just come right up to the front, real quick. All right. I'm gonna start calling y'all. I'm about, it's gonna be a volunteer, not volunteered. All right. So, hey, bring the baby up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you guys are gonna give me a hard time this morning. There you go. Come, come. All right. I want you to go on this side of the room, over here. Go over there, please. I want you to. Stay right here. I want you to be right here in the, the middle. Zero. I need one more person. One more person. Come on. Help me out. They pointed to you. May dog. All right. So this is, as you can see, there's an extra one. What is this? 
Oh, no, I, I messed that up. You're good. I don't need to volunteer. So I want you guys to, to, to flip this around and, and, and let, it, let the audience see this, okay? So what is this? A good-looking group. That's right. Imagine there was a there was a there was a line going from atheist to believing mature, mature. It's a timeline, okay. And as we interact with people out in the world, people are on, are on different timelines, right? We we know people that are that are atheists. They're right over here. Boom. Remember a kid who came into one of our meetings. He's like, I don't believe in God, and sat down for the whole for the whole hour. I'm like, you don't believe in God, but you're gonna let me talk about God. <laughs> but he was an atheist. Straight up atheist, right? I'm mentoring a kid who was an atheist, and he, he came to the Lord several years ago. Atheist, right? We have some people who are who are theists. My kids were asking me what, what theist was. I'm like, I don't even I don't know what that is. No, I'm joking. It's someone who believes in sort of a higher power, right? Who some he believes in God, but maybe not the God of the Bible, right? There are people that you know what they're at the point of receiving Christ, right? There are people that are new believers, right? We, we probably have some people here in the crowd who are new believers and that are growing, and then we got the people over here who are. Maydog. Maydog is very I call it Maydog. But you, you're, you're number 10, right? You're a believing, mature, and Christian, right? This, is, this, this, this captures you right here, right? And so here's the point of this, this timeline. As we go out, as we take the initiative to share Christ in the power of what? Not Moses, not Greg, not John, not Amy, in the power of the what? Holy Spirit. And we leave the results in God's hands. Some people we interact with, you know what? They'll be, a, they'll be an atheist. And as we interact with them, maybe, you know what, man, we said something. We got them thinking about something. They moved from a negative 10 to a negative 7. Imagine this was a negative 7. All right? Some people are theists, and maybe they'll move closer to here. Right? And that's, that's, that's maybe where we'll move them on that timeline, as we interact with them, as we present the gospel to them. Okay? Some of them will have the opportunity, man, to lead people to Christ. Has anyone in this room ever led someone to Christ? All right? Awesome. All right? We have the opportunity to lead people to Christ. God gives us that opportunity, right? Some sow, some plant, but God is the one who what? Gives the increase, right? So we all play a part as we witness and as we share the gospel with other people. And then obviously, we'll get a chance to come alongside people who we get a chance to see them grow. We see some mature. And I guess, I guess you can make the argument that maybe because of our witness, right, people may move, can move negative down. I hope that doesn't happen. But that, that does happen, right? right? We have a quote-unquote, a brand as Christians, right, in some ways. Some of the things we, we stand for and, and, and so just the perception sometimes of the, the world has against us. And sometimes it's not accurate. Sometimes it's not fair, all right? But I want you guys to see this, that we play a part. We may not lead someone to Christ. It ain't about always just leading someone to Christ because we don't know what God is doing and God's at work. Maybe that, that conversation push, pushes them closer to God to get them thinking about God. Like that kid who came into that room and said, I was an atheist. And then afterwards, I was able to share the gospel with him. I, I, he, didn't, he didn't come to, he didn't pray the prayer of, of salvation. But you, you know what happened? His perception and his idea of what it means to be a Christian was, began to change. Began to change. I think of a young kid who used to come to our ministry. And I'm looking at him online. He's on Facebook. He just had a kid. And he's walking with the Lord. And he would come and he wouldn't be that active. But he heard the gospel. He, he heard the gospel. And now he's walking with the Lord. I, I didn't know that. It wasn't until I went on Facebook and I saw this. But you don't know what part we play in God's grand scheme of things. Thank you guys for. Uh, you can keep this if you want. You know, hang it up. I go to what time? Twelve or twelve fifteen?
All right. I wasn't sure. So, again, I wanted to show you guys that, that timeline and remind us that the definition of successful witnessing is, is simply taking the initiative to share Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. I'm going to wrap up in a few minutes. Um, one of the things I want to just remind us about, give me a second, is, is, to, is to remind us about Paul's three points. Paul was what? He was intentional, he was Christ-centered, and he was spirit-dependent. The last thing I want to say in terms of, you know, I want, to, I want to circle back to those questions that I asked at the very beginning. Do I believe was my first question. Do I believe? You know, sometimes, man, even yesterday as I was praying, I'm like, God, like, do I believe that you can, you can, you can do a work in the life of people? Or do I just like say that? Because it's the right thing to say. But do, do I believe? And I just remember, I just prayed to say, God, help my unbelief. Sometimes I don't believe. Sometimes I don't believe. But I think we, we need to start with that question, man. Do I believe that God is at work? Do I believe that God can change a heart? Only God can do that. I was speaking to Jake. Where's Jake? Is it Jake? Right? We were talking about Justin Gavain, one of his buddies, in, in a missionary in Niger. And I grew up with Justin at camp. I've seen that person, who he was, and what, he, what God has done in his life. And, and Brother Jake said, that's, that's, that's a, a miracle story right there. God grabbing a hold of Justin Gavain's life and changing him. But God is doing that all over this country, all over this community, I believe. Do we believe? Do we believe? The second thing, man, am I prayerful? It goes, it goes back to the importance of prayer. And I'll be honest with you, man, if this is, this is just, this could be my, my, just me, I don't want to pray sometimes. Like, I just want to go out and talk to people. I just want to go out and do these things. I just want to go out and take new ground. Like, I don't, I don't want to take, take the, create the space just to pray. And to be spirit dependent. But we have to be prayerful. We have to be prayerful as a, as, a, as a body, as a church, as members. Who are you praying for in your life? When is the last time you pray for someone that is lost on a consistent basis? Are we consistently bringing people before the throne of God? Are we, are we even praying, God, give me the opportunity to talk to somebody today? Right? Give me the opportunity today. Lead me today. I prayed that prayer just recently. We were out, um, out in California for a, like a, min, a ministry training, and uh, we had a, like about an hour and a half drive to the place we were going. And our, our Uber driver, I felt really bad for him. They had to drive that, that far, the group of us that far. And, uh, and I'm in the front seat. And this that morning, I prayed that God would give me the opportunity to talk to him, to somebody. And so I brought up the conversation about God. Somehow, he was Asian, he was Chinese, he couldn't even, I couldn't understand him fully, but I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it in there somehow, you know? And we began to talk. But come to know, he, he was a Christian already. He was a Christian, right? But it, it's okay, I, I took the, it took the initiative. Whether he was a Christian or not, I took, it's taking the initiative to share Christ. So are we prayerful? And then lastly, like, are we, are we willing? Are we willing Man, there's so many things that get in the way from us being willing. Our schedules, right? Our bu- busyness, right? Fear. There are all these things that can get in the way. Own insecurities, right? But are, are we willing? Are we willing to go out there and take a step of faith? You know, are we willing, you know, that, that famous book to, 
If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat, right? Like, are we willing to take a step of faith in that way? Right? And I want to encourage us to move towards our fears, to move towards places where, you know what, it, it does require a little bit of faith. It does require a little bit of faith. Some people often say, but I'm, I'm afraid. Do it afraid, right? Do it afraid. Well, man, I don't know if I have enough faith. You know what is not a sin to come to the end of your faith? That, that, that is not a sin. In fact, that's where God, God wants us to come to places where we, we can only depend on him. We can only depend on him. And once we come to God, man, he, he does things that only God can do. He orchestrates things that only God can do. It is not a sin to come to the end of your faith. It is not a sin to take steps of faith. But are we willing? Are we willing? This uh, afternoon, this is just something, you know, I kind of sprung on the, uh, the, the elders last minute, but it's all good. We're going to do something simple for those that would love to stick around, um, where we're going we're gonna to go out into the community. I know it's not snowing yet, it's not raining, and uh, we, we want to do something where we want to we interact with the community, and something called Random Act of Kindness. Right? We're going to give away a few gift cards to people, to Dunkin' Donuts, all right? And we're going we're gonna to see where that starts, all right? So I want to, for those that would love to stick around to be a part of that, um, I'll explain a little bit more. But let's, let's just not talk about witnessing. Let's not just talk about going out. Let's, let's do it, right? And so there's no pressure for those <laughs> that, um, you know, they have plans already. No big deal. But if you are sticking around or if you want to do something, you know, I'd love to, we'd love to, to do something like that and interact and see what, see what God does. See what kind of conversations we may get into and take a step of faith. I'll be honest with you. I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it afraid, all right? It's all good, and let's trust the Lord. So again, Paul, intentional, Christ-centered, spirit-dependent, and my three questions, do I believe, am I prayerful, and am I willing? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the saints here, and I thank you that, um, yeah, I thank you for Paul's model and the consistency in his, his um, approach to sharing the gospel with, with folks. The fact that he would go into the church of Corinth and he would be there consistent, the, the city of Corinth, and he was there for over a year, maybe even two. Um, and he was, he would share your, he would share the gospel, he would talk about you, and didn't rest on his ability to, to, to speak persuasively, even though he could. God it didn't, uh, you know, depend on his ability to write persuasively, even though he could. Lord, it was about uh, the demonstration of the Spirit and in the power, and so that his faith and the faith of those <clears throat> that he was ministering to it would not be based on his wisdom, but in the power of, of God. So Lord, I pray, I pray for the, the, the saints here at, at Branford. God, I pray that we would, we would believe you. And for those that, Lord, there are people in this, this audience that have a ton of faith. Belief is not an issue for them at all. <laughs> so we praise you, God, for those, for those people. But we also pray for those that... Um, yeah, they just need a little help, help, help our unbelief, Lord. God, I pray that you would help us to, to be a prayerful body. That we would pray consistently, Lord, for the loss, whether that's relatives, co-workers, or friends in the community. And God, Lord, help us to be willing, to be willing to take a, a step of faith. And God, that looks different from every from person to person. It's not prescriptive. Um, but we thank you that um, you... you, you Again, you took the initiative um, by coming to earth and, to, and for dying for us. So God, I pray that you bless our, our activities this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.